0: Does a board game need to have a spooky theme to scare its players? Today, we're going off the rails and talking about other ways to get scared in games. I'm Dan Legault. And I'm Scott Emerson Moyle. And yeah. it's Friday on the Snakes Cast, And uh, we're talking about... Spooky games that aren't necessarily, you know, spooky ghosts, spooky goblins, spooky David S. Pumpkins. I just found out what that meme is. It's real good. It it made me sad. It's real good. That's your homework, Snakescast audience. So, uh, Dan, what's what's scared you outside of obvious horror-themed stuff? What gets you? Certainly games like uh, Fake Artist Goes to New York or uh, Spyfall,
1: where you're the one person by yourself, isolated, and you're trying to keep undercover and everybody
0: else at the table is trying to find. Right, that tension of... And that interacts with, with some like real-world things, right? The sense of like imposter syndrome, and do I belong here? And what if everyone here secretly hates me? And that just like weaponizes all of that
1: in-game format. Certainly. I mean, like werewolf, which does have a horror theme, mm-hmm. for the most part, uh, is one of the earlier things that does that type of thing. But I think some of the more modern additions of these things in the genre are really playing with that concept even
0: more. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting the way they they do it by engaging with sort of what you're actually about, right? Werewolf, you're sort of playing the game and engaging with the theme ish, but you're you know trying to find the other players and collude with you know. There's a lot of smiles in Werewolf as you as you grin at your buddies uh, when most of the players' eyes are closed. But in Spyfall, there's a sense of like this is actually making me lie. Oh no! So Spyfall. And, and Fake Artist Goes to New York and its friends are totally not horror-themed. In Spyfall, we're kind of goofy cartoon spies. In Fake Artist Goes to New York, we're... Lines. Just single lines being drawn on a page. Right, We are art on a dry erase <laughs> board. Great. Um, the, uh, there's a game that, that I, uh, I picked up on Kickstarter that I get to play far less than I'd like to because it's really hard to talk people into playing, and that's not because not it's bad. And not because it's difficult to learn. It's just because it's harrowing. Bomb Squad. It's have You You haven't played Bomb Squad, have you? I haven't, no. Bomb Squad is sort of like playing Robo-Rally, where we're programming cards, trying to drive a, a little bomb defusal robot around uh, a series of rooms in a building. Adorable. Yeah, it's adorable. It's great. And it's, uh, it's cooperative. Right, we're all playing cards to move the robot, and we're going to program a bunch of stuff and then see how it worked out. And uh, you know, we're, we're all we're all in it together. There's no traitor. There is no player who's laying bombs. There's nothing like that. But the timer hates you so bad, and you're basically not allowed to. I mean, you're allowed to communicate in Bomb Squad, but who's got time? Um, and it just has this sense of of we will all die immediately and and no one wants to be the reason that that happens um i i have seen that game more than any other have the whole, the whole table full of players go you know we weren't really drinking but everyone needs a beer now it's it's real stressful and outside of the training missions i don't think i've ever won it that reminds me of a
1: space alert with the uh, the spaceship just slowly falling apart and you having programmed all your actions
0: and you're just stepping on each other's feet constantly. Yeah. It's like stumbling around in the darkness almost. Vlada Chivadil's Space Alert is, is another one of those merciless timered games. And you know what's an interesting parallel between Space Alert and Bomb Squad and Nightmare and Atmosphere, those oldie-timey VHS games that you were talking about in, uh, on Monday's episode? They all use their soundtrack in like a pretty great way. Right, there's the the VCR games put a spooky actor in spooky makeup yelling at you, but uh, Bomb Squad is a timer, and you're you're listening to the bomb tick down. That's not helping anybody's blood pressure. And in uh, Space Alert, Space Alert, thank you. uh, The soundtrack is it's like amazing, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, and there's like communications blackouts where nobody can
1: talk and things like that. So there's that pressure there and that sort of that tension, which I think is a Something that we should see more of mechanically. So maybe
0: the key to fear in games is immersion.
1: Yeah, I think definitely that's the case.
0: Sweet. So there are a couple of really new games that do spooky in an interesting way, and I've seen people getting pretty wound up about them. Uh, you've been getting into Not Alone, right?
1: Yeah, I've had great success teaching that at the cafe. Um, not Alone is a, a newer game that came out uh, just this year, and it's about a very lonely alien that lives on a planet all by himself, uh, and some humans crash on that planet, uh, and he wants friends, so he wants to assimilate <laughs> them into the planet's biomass, so he has friends with him. <laughs> um, and those humans are just trying to get away, and he just he's just showing up and being like, hey guys, do you want to be friends? That is the most generous
0: retelling of the theme of the movie Predator that I will f- bump into. <laughs> so that's a, that's a one versus many, yeah? Yes, absolutely. And uh, as the alien player, what what are you up to? What are you actually doing to it's, wreck the other players? It's kind of like hide and go seek on a game board
1: where you have a bunch of cards that are laid out um, with the numbers 1 through 10. Each one of these represents a location on the planet, and players are going to be deciding where they're going to go and investigate You start the game with only one through five, so you're trying to sort of explore outwards from there to get better locations. The concept is you have a spaceship that's slowly making its way down to the planet um, by small little moves every turn, and you have the alien who's just trying to catch the humans off their guard at the wrong place at the wrong time.
0: Right, and the... uh... The alien has a bunch of sort of ugly tricks up their sleeve, right? Wacky powers, they get
1: every turn, and the humans have very little survival gear. They'll have to get more by exploring
0: the planet. Silly humans. Uh, that's, that's been a really popular one. It's, uh, it's really interesting watching people get get stressed out. Easy to learn, and just, you know, it does hide and go seek really well. It limits information really harshly, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe that's an interesting ingredient for uh, for fear, is lack of information is blacking out part of what's going on. So there's another game that does lack of information in a really cool way. It just came out recently called Dark is the Night. And it's a two-player game. It's a, it's a very small box, small footprint, tiny board, one miniature. There's, there's very little to it, and it does a lot with a little where one player is the hunter, this really great little miniature of a, uh, of a young woman in a, a hooded cloak with a crossbow, and visibly she just has two bolts left for the crossbow. And uh, the board is a three-by-three three grid, the middle space of which is her campfire. And uh, around the outside of that three-by-three three grid, the, the nine navigable space, spaces cl- plus the fire in the middle that she can't go through, are numbered spaces occupied by... A, a monster. monster. Yeah. yeah, or, you know, in the narrative that I'm sure you would teach it with, just a, a spooky <laughs> creature that just wants to make friends. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's got a bone-type
1: vibe with, you know, the artwork and stuff. It's, yeah. it's a
0: little bit cartoony, but, but does fear pretty well. The monster moves by setting numbers on a dial that the uh, hunter player can't see. The hunter has a couple of tricks, uh, a, a noise trap that the monster might set off, um, a, uh, a leg of ham that the, the hunter can chuck into the forest that distracts the monster and uh, those two precious crossbow bolts that can be used either to try and kill the monster and one accurate shot will do it but you're literally firing blind into the dark uh, they can also be fired through the fire to set the bolt on fire stick it to a tre- uh, which sticks it into a tree creating a point of light that the uh, monster is detected if they move near but once you use up those two crossbow bolts then your only means to kill the monster is get right next to it and stab into the darkness with your knife. It, it plays in like five I mean, minutes too. It's super fast. It's very fast and and quite stressful uh, for the one player. The monster player gets to lord it over the, uh, the the survivor player, but I think it does that very well. And it's critically, I think, the one of the only games I can think of that does horror one versus many and never shows you the monster. Right. It's only represented as a pair of glowing eyes in the dark on a couple of, uh, on a couple of the, the bits of art. And so play it as many times as you want. You are always just picturing whatever that thing is. And maybe that's the best use of misinformation in a game, the idea that some things just aren't knowable. That's certainly scary to me. So when it comes down to it, if you had to pick one game that scares you from everything we've talked about over the past, uh, the past week's episodes... Cards Against Humanity.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not makes you fear for the species. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever personally really felt fear from a game, but I'm also somebody who steeps myself really heavily in horror-themed things to begin with.
0: You are, I think, the spookiest fella I know.
1: watch a lot of horror movies, and I don't really get scared, right? So it's it might be the fact that I've just... Uh, built a barrier to it. Right. Yeah, certainly tolerance to things like fear is a real thing that can happen. Last Friday is a game that does the whole slasher genre, which uh, we don't see too many games of. Um, I was just listening to Blue Peg, Pink Peg the other day, and they were doing a podcast uh, episode on... Fiasco, um, which is a mm. sort of role-playing storytelling narrative game, and they were doing a setting called Camp Death, and I I really enjoyed listening to that. So. Camp
0: Death, yeah, <laughs> that's a camp I would for sure send my kids to. FYI.
1: So yeah, it's it's. I think like there should be more slasher-style things too coming out in the future. I think that's
0: It seems like fertile ground. Yeah, I think for me it's it's Bomb Squad, not a horror theme at all. We're just Bomb disposal techs having a very stressful day, but I've never seen a group of my fellow humans meltdown around a gaming table like with Bomb Squad. My favorite horror game still remains Last Night on Earth. I just the, the way the characters advance, the miniatures are cool, the board resets itself every time, and the zombies have so many weird tricks. What's uh, what's your choice horror game?
1: Uh, right now, I've uh, been playing a lot of Arkham Horror, the card game, um, mm. and. It is something that I've definitely fallen in love with. I've kind of bought all of it at this point, and it's just great. It, uh, Especially now that I'm so far into the second campaign, um, things are just so brutally miserable every time I play the game. And that's what I want out of that style of game.
0: Right. Yeah, that's... I mean, we didn't really get into it, but Lovecraftian games tend to not quite do Lovecraft right just by their willingness to let you succeed sometimes. Right um i'm i'm really glad to hear that that one stepped up the uh the punishment for yeah i, think I have, like, it.
1: two health left for my character before i'm completely gone forever
0: well i hope that goes well for you that's all the time we have for this week internet friends thank you so much for joining us for the snakes cast spooky games edition i'm scott i'm dan and we wish you a happy halloween uh, you can get in touch with us at podcast at snakesandlattes.com. The Snakescast is produced by Dax Audio and music is provided by Ben Sound. Tune in next week when we talk about legacy games. Whoa! The opinions expressed today on the Snakes Cast are those of the presenters and nobody else's. See you next week. And happy Halloween, nerds. <laughs>